What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Red Zone Radio. I'm Robert Wampler. It's great to be here. Great to have you. Just Mike, listen to Red Zone Radio. Right already up Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcast. All right, so there's a lot of games. I don't, I don't even know which one to start with. A lot of upsets, a lot of big-time NFL games, a lot of big-time college games. But let's let's go back to Saturday. Let's start off with the Clemson getting beat because I think that was probably the shock of the weekend. Get beat by NC State. They are now ranked 25th on the brink of not being ranked. And here's the th- here's what's interesting about Clemson. So Clemson, when you look at this game, you look at the box score, it's pretty similar, right? And to me, that is more concerning to Clemson than if it was the other way around. If NC State dominated in stats, you can just say Clemson had a bad day like they've been having a bad year, right? But this poses a more alarming threat to Clemson's dominance. We can all probably acknowledge they're not going to make the playoff this year. They, I, I, I might still pick them to go through that ACC because I, I haven't uh, outside. You know, I, I get that NC State beat them, but I haven't really seen anyone else at the top that can take down Clemson. North Carolina was the next team, and they lost over the weekend as well. So I, I probably still pick them to come through the ACC. But you look at the box score. Yeah, NC State. It was leaning NC State's way certainly. But it was nothing dominant, right? Yards per play, 4 yards for NC State, 4.4 for Clemson. 148 for NC State, 103 for Clemson. Um, passing yards, you could probably make an argument. MC State dominated 238 to 111. Uh, but when you look at the whole entire box score, there's really only one key difference. Penalties 13 to 11. And, and on the 11 penalties that NC State gave up, they actually gave up more yards than the 13 that Clemson had. The turnover ratio was the same. Here was the big difference. Time possession, 41 minutes to 18 minutes. 41 minutes favoring NC State. And that stat specifically is very concerning because what that really tells me is when you're looking at Clemson, it wasn't necessarily that their talent it, their, their talent could get them out of the hole, but it wasn't necessarily that they were outcoached. It wasn't necessarily that they had a bad day. It wasn't necessarily that there were penalties that didn't go the way that they shot themselves in the foot. Punch, similar, 8-3. to three. It was that the time of possession got dominated. And here's why that's concerning to me. Because typically, if you are getting dominating time of possession, you, you can do something about that. You can hold the ball longer. That tells me that they could not stay on their field as an offense. They couldn't pick up first downs. Uh, if you're getting dominated time of possession, that tells me that you cannot stop the other team uh, from getting first downs. When you look at the first down ratio, it's 31 to 10, favoring NC State. This is a big deal for Dabo and Clemson. I'm not trying to overreact, and I'm sure, and, and I'm not going to be like, oh, Clemson's dominance is over in the ACC. Their, their days of being college football power are numbered and are over, and I'm not going to say that. But they've got a lot of issues to work out. And what this game really showed you was either Clemson is going down or other teams in the ACC are rising up to master level of dominance, master level of physicality, master level of speed. It would be one thing if you could say we were outcoached or we shot ourselves in the foot with penalties. But you have now lost three of the last five games you played in. You've lost to Ohio State, you lost to Georgia, and now to NC State. You are on the brink of not being ranked. You've lost two out of the three games you played this year. Or I apologize. You've lost two out of the four games you played this year. So, 
for Clemson to have this this kind of identity crisis is alarming because this is what we saw with Ohio State when they played Oregon. Is that when these teams that are used to being so much faster and so much more talented than everybody else on the field, and when teams master physicality, it sends them into a panic attack. When teams match their match their speed and they match their talent, they match their physicality, they don't know what to do. Now, I'm not trying to put it on Dabble or put it on Ryan Day for Iowa State because it does come down to the players as well. But the the thing without and you even kind of saw this with Alabama when they played Florida. They had an 18 point lead, but then when Florida started getting stops, when Florida started getting, um, you know, when Florida started scoring touchdowns and putting pressure on them, it's like these college football powers have been so dominant amongst their conferences, and have been so dominant amongst everybody else that when it's not a cakewalk for them, and when their talent is not necessarily matched, but it's is close to being matched. They don't know what to do. When their physicality is being matched, they don't know what to do. Because when you are a team that's used to being dominant, like Clemson, and something like this happens where you give up 41 minutes in time possession, in previous years when you had someone like Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne and and you had a defense with AJ, with AJ Terrell, you could be like, okay, we can give up that time of possession but because our offense is so electric and so and so explosive. But the problem is your offense isn't that explosive this year. And you lose, and Clemson's probably out of playoffs, but this poses a much bigger threat for them to get back into it. Clemson fans are like, oh, we'll be back next year. I'm not saying they won't be because their recruiting's off the charts, everything like, everything's like that. But I think Clemson kind of has to get back to that scrappiness state. They have to get back to that building state, that urgency state. Because right now they just do not have that physicality or they don't know how to play when they are being matched in terms of physicality, speed, and talent, athleticism, whatever you want to call it. All right. So let's, because there are so, there's so many games to get to. Let's get, let's go to some NFL games. So there are a lot of NFL games last week, but let's start off with yesterday, but let's start off with the big one. I'm going to talk, I want to talk about the Rams and I want to talk about the Buccaneers. So I said this last week on my podcast. I said, I think that the Rams are going to win. And then I also said, watch the overreaction by everybody. People are going to crown them the best team in the NFL. People are going to say the Bucks can't make it back to the Super Bowl with the Rams in town. Okay, let's stop with all this because here's the thing. The Rams, um, yeah, the Rams beat the Buccaneers yesterday. But you have to put this whole game into context, okay? Tom Brady is going to have the biggest game I'm not going to say in his career because he played in so many Super Bowls and everything like that. But you can make an argument. This could be one of the biggest regular season games he's played in. At least in some time. You can certainly say that. He's going back to Gillette Stadium. He's going back to New England this week. First time since he left there. And you know, you know, I mean, you got to think. I know Tom Brady's Tom Brady, but he poured so much of his life and so much of his just effort into New England he's got to be eyeing that return even though it's Tom Brady he's got to be eyeing it secondly that was the first game that they lost since the since towards the end of last regular season because remember they were a wild card team won all their playoff games and then won the Super Bowl and won the first two games of this regular season so the hunger 
isn't there as much for them as the Rams. The Rams are starving for some success. Sean McVay's a great September coach. Matthew Stafford, they're still in that honeymoon phase. Him and him and Sean McVay. It's a home game for LA. This was their biggest game. It meant more to LA than it did to Tampa Bay, and that's just the reality of it. So I'm not trying to argue that the Rams aren't one of the top teams in the NFL. I'm not trying to argue that they don't have the ceiling of a Super Bowl. I'm not trying to say any of that. But what I'm trying to say is let's not overreact and crown them the Super Bowl champion, which right now. They, st- I mean, I'll be honest, I don't, I'm not going to crown them winners of their division. They still have a very tough division to get to. By the way, I'm going to talk about that more later in the week. I probably will pick Arizona to beat LA this week. I just think Arizona is too good. Um, I, and I think LA is coming off the biggest game of the week, but I'll talk the biggest game of their lives. Matthew Savage coming off from the biggest game of his life. So we'll talk about that later in the week. But to say that Tampa Bay is not ready to go back to Super Bowl and say that LA is based off week, a week three game is insane to me. It was it was electric for LA. It was a home game versus Tom Brady, and you and Sean McVay's been looking for that revenge game versus Tom Brady. You know he has been ever since they lost in the Super Bowl. The New England's next week, so I'm not trying to take anything away from LA. I'm really not. But that win does not automatically qualify for the Super Bowl. They're they're a playoff team for sure, but it doesn't mean that they're going to win their division. It doesn't mean that they're going to be the Super Bowl. They're a top three team in the league right now. But that can change. Remember, Chonic Face always good in September. Team always looks great. So I would I would just pump the brakes on LA for the moment being. Okay. So the Chiefs so so listen, I'll Juggernauts fell this weekend. Clemson fell. Tampa Bay fell. Kansas City fell. Baltimore was a second from losing. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but Kansas City loses, and and this and this has been driving me crazy all day. I've been seeing this a lot. Well, Justin Herbert is just as good, if not better, than Patrick Mahomes, and that's simply not the case. Um, listen, it's nothing against Patrick Mahomes. He's a great quarterback. You can make the argument that he's better than a lot of quarterbacks in this league. But to say that he's better than Patrick Mahomes because he outdueled Patrick Mahomes in one game didn't necessarily outdo them. The Chiefs really shot themselves in the foot a lot in that game. But to say that he's a better quarterback is insane to me. Um, I've never seen Justin Herbert make a no-look pass for a touchdown. I've never seen Justin Herbert throw a 50-yard touchdown pass fading off his back foot. I've never seen Justin Herbert flip the ball to the opposite hand and flip it out on a Monday night game to pretty much steal the game. I've never seen that from Justin Herbert. And I'm not trying to say it means that he's a bad quarterback or he's not a top 10 quarterback or anything like that because he's a great quarterback and he has potential to be one of the best. But to say because of this one game that he's better or equal to Mahomes is insane to me. I bet you the next time they play, don't forget, Andy Reid also went to the emergency room. We hope he's okay. Uh, They said it would be fine and we all hope he's okay. But there's a lot that went into this game that the Chargers ended up winning. It doesn't mean they're going to win the division. They still have to play the Chiefs again, and they still have a lot of they still have a lot of teams on their schedule. They they play the Raiders next week, then the Browns. So they got a tough couple. Of, they got they got a tough couple of opponents these next couple weeks. So it's a brutal schedule. Um, I'm not saying they won't be in the playoffs, but they got to get through the Chiefs. And I'm not going to sit here and say that they're better than the Chiefs or that Justin Herbert's better than Patrick Mahomes because that's an insane take to me. All right. The Raiders are 3-0. They edge out Miami. 
the last second with the last second field going overtime. Listen, the Raiders play the Chargers next week. That should be a great game on Monday Night Football. But the Raiders are really interesting to me because they do have a decent weapons cast. But to me, they would have been. It's interesting because they should have been better last year, right? And by the way, that AFC that AFC West is starting to look like one of the best divisions in all football. You got the Raiders, you got the Chiefs, you got the Chargers. So that should be a great game. But the Raiders, um, they had more weapons last year. Last year they had Nelson Aguilar and they had some more defensive players. But they look ready this year. Don't forget, the Chargers are opening their stadium and the Rams and all that. And that's a great stadium. But Las Vegas, the Raiders fit in Las Vegas. They got an awesome stadium. And everything just flows. Derek Carr is the quarterback. But they got Henry Ruggs. And they've got a good pass rush this year. And it looks like they're ready to finally make the leap. And and look, I'm not... They are... I think it does suit them well that they will play on Monday night. It gives them an extra day of rest because they've been playing a lot of extra quarters the last couple weeks. Being in overtime with the Ravens. Being in overtime uh, with the Dolphins. But the one thing that the Raiders have going for them right now is that they know how to win in close games. They've been beating some of the best teams in all of football. They've been beating... You know, they beat the they beat the Ravens, who beat the Chiefs, by the way. Uh, they beat now the Dolphins, who I think is a really well-put-together team. I understand that two wasn't playing, but I still think that's a really good team. And I'm not going to say they're going to Super Bowl or anything like that, but they are certainly looking like a playoff team at the moment being, and they are looking really good, and I cannot wait to watch that Chargers game next week. Derek Carr looks like the guy at quarterback there. Um, I mean, he is just a great—that that division— it's just unbelievably stacked with uh, with with talent of the teams, with coaches, and also I would make the argument quarterbacks. I mean, you got Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, and Patrick Mahomes. So it is just it is just an amazing division with a lot of good quarterbacks. How about this? Another upset. Now this isn't as big an upset, but nonetheless, the Bengals beat the Steelers rather dom- in dominating fashion. And uh, it's the Bengals are, you know, they lose to the Bears last week. And I don't know if they're a playoff team. Um, I don't necessarily think so. I still don't think they'll make the playoffs. But what this really, so so the Bengals are definitely on their way, right? Like they might not make the playoffs this year, but they're definitely on their way. They got the quarterback. Jamar Chase is looking great with Joe Burrow. If they can get him some offensive line help this offseason, that's going to be a really good team. Uh, I, I think that's going to be a great team. But let's go to the Steelers, which is, what you really saw in this game was a franchise on the rise versus a franchise almost free-falling. Um, look, this team in the Steelers cannot rush the ball. You pick up Najee Harris, you still can't rush the ball. Ben Roethlisberger is at the point in his career where you can say, okay, well, he'll be a game manager. But the thing is, when you have a game manager, when you have someone like that, you have to do a couple of things with him. You can win games and be a really good team with a game manager, but here's the secret to being having a game manager is you can't treat them like Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert or any or you know Lamar Jackson, any of these great quarterbacks or Russell Wilson. When you have a game manager, you cannot then be like, "Okay, well, I am going to I'm going to have you throw it 30 times a game." 
And I understand why they're doing it because they can't rush the ball. But if you have a game manager, you got to be able to rush the ball. When you have a Kirk Cousins, many would say Baker Mayfield, a quarterback like that, that's fine. But you can't have them throwing the ball 30, 40 times a game, especially with Ben Roethlisberger's age. I know he was at one point not a game manager. But he's at the point in his career at this point where it's like, look, he's arguably a year away, maybe at the end of this season, but he's arguably a year away from retirement. You're in one of the best divisions in football. You got Baker, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, three really well-coached teams, especially the Ravens and Browns have so much depth, so much talent. If you can't rest the ball, then you've got to find a quarterback with Patrick Mahomes. And unfortunately for the Steelers, there aren't just a whole lot of Patrick Mahomes growing on trees. So what you do with that aspect is you say, okay, we got to tear this thing down to the studs and we got to start over. But the Steelers aren't doing that. They're acting like they just need a couple patches fixed up. And this team has a whole lot more work to do than that. I think you need to revamp the offensive line. I think you your defense, yeah, you got the patch rusher and TJ Watt. But if you're this team's not ready to win a Super Bowl, they barely they would barely even make the playoffs this year. You need to really think to yourself what decision you want to make on Ben Roethlisberger. And if you want to keep him, that's fine. But then you got to say, okay, we got to commit to the offensive line. We got to commit to the running back. Naj, I like Najee Harris. And I'm not even blaming on him. And you got to say, okay, we got to commit to some weapons. And you know, I get you got Chase Claypool and, and those players, but you have got to really commit to getting a new offensive line and and really upgrading your running game if you're going to commit to Ben Roethlisberger. Because if you're not, look for a quarterback. But you can't but the Steelers there's no way they'll make the playoffs or win the Super Bowl doing what they're doing now. It's that's not the right recipe. I just don't think it's going to work out. I think they're in a free fall and they just and they're pretending like they're not and they really got to figure out their issues fast. All right, well, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio.